Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome to wherever you are in the world. I am so glad to have you here today. We have a great topic. This is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and you are listening to Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you live from the heartland of America. And today's show, my guest, her name is Ann Sugar. You'll learn more about her in just a moment. She is calling in from the snowy northeast. We're having a, a snowstorm over there right now, so I'm so glad to have her here. The show today is called Transforming into High Functioning. Now, during the show, I do encourage you to go to my website over the commercial breaks. That's Transformational Energy leadership.com learn more about me my business offerings and of course email me contact me i love getting correspondence from all of you that's m woolsey at transformational energy leadership.com you can also find me on this platform on voiceamerica.com slash the empowerment channel and you can contact me via social media on linkedin and Facebook. So I think we've got the basis covered there. Let's get things going. This is a live show today. If you have a question, a comment, you want to be part of the dialogue, please feel free to call in and be and do so. Now today's show, the discussion is all about transforming into high functioning. And my my guest is Ann Sugar. Let me tell you why she's here today. She's a certified executive coach and speaker. She's advised top leaders at companies like TripAdvisor, Sanofi, Genzyme, and Havas, and serves as an executive coach for Harvard Business School, the executive education, and has lectured at MIT. She's also a contributor to Harvard Business Review, and she's worked in a number of executive roles at Digitas, Arnold Direct, and others. She has a certification in positive psychology. She's the author of Mom's Core, Arm Your Executives with a Strategic Roadmap, and she has graduated from the same coaching certification program that I did called IPEC. That stands for Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. So, and without further ado, I'm expecting level six and seven energy today. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very excited and happy to be here today to talk with you. Me too. And, you know, so today we are going to talk about transforming into high functioning. And the title is a bit wide open with that intention Mm -hmm. because you can tend to a high, you can tend that really to have a high functioning team, you really need to have a high functioning leader. Talk more about that. Absolutely. So I think when we take a step back for a second and think about even kind of broader, so what does a highly motivated team look like for you, um, the listener, as a leader? And, and because it's different for every company, every different culture. But many people ask me, so what is a high-functioning leader? And I think that part of it really is super simple, uh, Matthew, and it's about being a role model. And what does that look like for you in terms of being a leader? How do you build trust on the team? How, you know, how do you create a roadmap for your team so that people have direction? Those sorts of things. There's, you know, there's a plethora of things that we could talk about, too, in terms of a, a high-functioning leader. 
Yes, embedded and all that, like you said, being a role model, we hear about that in all the different, you know, you pick up, you go to Forbes.com, you pick up a leadership book and being a role model is quintessential, really, do your actions Mm -hmm. reflect the words, you know, the values that you say you espouse to, so, so, so critical, you know. So let's talk about the leader for a moment and and focus on leader. You know, there's so many definitions out there. What would you say makes, uh, how would I, how would I know that I'm working for a high functioning leader? Uh, So I think that there's, there's a quantitative and a qualitative piece to it. The quantitative piece to it is, I believe, do you have high functioning quality output of work? Is it the best, you know, piece of work that you all can work on, right? The quality of it, the quantity of it, um, the strategic piece to it, the creative piece to it. So that's the quantitative piece to it. Now, how do I know that I'm working for a high-functioning leader? Here's the qualitative piece to it. And I think it's simply as do I feel heard? Do I have direction? Do I have a career path? Are people understanding who I am and helping to facilitate and direct me so that I'm learning as well? And so mm. those are just some kind of those are some guideposts and roadmap for that. Right. Right, and it's you know I was I was in working with a client just a couple of weeks ago, and we were getting her prepared for. She was making a career shift, a career move, and she had a big interview coming up. And we we as the conversation uh-huh. developed, we talked about you really is so important to emphasize that people have a desire to be heard, and that was the first thing that you said. And I'm I'm so glad that you said that. And why why do you think that is? You know is it, it may sound like a simple question, but, you know, why, why, why do we need to be heard? Well, I think it gets to um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So we, we could look at that as well. But I think it really, so Matthew, I'm just a simple person. I like to be very simple about these things. And I think that people want to be recognized for their contributions, that just that simplicity of I am being rewarded and recognized, and there's many ways to think about rewards, right, too, and and recognized and heard. And so that I'm I'm helping with the direction, and I have a compelling idea, and you're listening to me. Because I think listening is such, mm, you know, every leader that I coach we all, and myself included, right, with IPEC, we really learned how to to listen and ask a good question. But being a leader and sitting back and just really listening and not always having to have the answers. Mm. And that gets into, too, people being heard. Mm -hmm. And there's... There's the science, the brain science that we're reading about so much about, you know, what's going on in the brain when we engage with others and do you have your amygdala hijacked Mm -hmm. and those types of things. One thing to really, and I think it's a trap that so many leaders fall into, or maybe it's newer leaders, could be more seasoned, but when we are pushed up or moved up or promoted into the spaces, we're recognized for our expertise and our smarts and what we know that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. easy to fall into that pitfall of, 
something is brought to your attention and, oh, just spit out the answer. And that's not always the best thing to do. Would you agree? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, going back to why do people want to be recognized and heard and gets to the point that you don't have to be the smartest guy or gal in the room. And in fact, and I just coached the CTO on this because he was having some issues motivating his team. And when we got there, there's many pieces to it, but what, what we really got to is that his team wanted to be heard. And again, I go back to the simple and that it, just him asking the question, so what do you think, really opened up the room to having people get motivated and feel recognized that they have ideas. It doesn't matter that he knew what it really should be. It's just another good tool to motivate your team so that people um, can 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 talk about their answers. And I, I think, too, it's not being Machiavellian and, and kind of managing the room because in some instances, you're going to get that, you as a leader are going to get that answer that surprises you. Just as a coach, you know, sometimes when I ask a question, I, I like getting surprised. Like, hmm. Yes. I wouldn't have thought about it that way, but wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing what you can uncover when the correct, or not even, that's not the right phrase, but when the, a question is phrased in such a way that you that you might discover those little gems. You know, I had a guest on a couple of months ago, and she said, leaders really are the arbiter of culture. And I thought I would bring that up here because mm. what, what I hear you saying, too, is that by asking the question, you're also establishing and demonstrating a model what it is that you want that culture to be within an organization. Exactly. And two, I I think it's important that all of us as leaders, and I wish I knew it when I worked in advertising, um, to ask a good question to coach people. And that helps to also create a high-functioning, motivated team as well because it gets people to think on their own. And your guess is absolutely right. By thinking on your own and being part of the decision-making process, everybody has to be part of the culture and how you build the culture. Top down, bottom up. Um, it's not just for leaders to manage. It's for all of everybody to manage. Right. To have everybody part of, be part of the whole ecosystem, if you will. You know, we've talked about... Yes. And we've talked about, you've talked about a lot about espousing others, or and that wasn't your word, but making others feel heard and, and to inviting the conversation and such. What are some ways or, or methods to really be a high-functioning leader? So uh, there's, I think the biggest underpinning, I almost like think about this as a framework, right, is mm-hmm. that it's about trust. How do I build trust on my team? And we could talk forever about how to build trust, right? But it, you know, it gets to the piece about um, that I'm being consistent. I um, think about the emotions and the pieces of everybody, the pieces of who those people are. And I think off of that gets to, well, how do I flex? and manage to each different person. So it's interesting with you. I, I coached somebody who said to me, 
why should I have to flex to my team? They need to flex to me. But there's also the component um, of, again, going back to people being heard, that how do I flex and communicate with somebody? Somebody, you know, for example, might come in on Monday morning and want to talk about their weekend versus somebody else who just wants to come right in, get to the business, get to the goals. So there's that flexing piece of it as well. And when when a leader... Going back to the basic of business is a team sport. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... That's right. (laughs) It is a team sport. And when a leader does flex, I mean, I love it when I, you know, when I, I had large teams that I was managing and how... I knew when I was when I became a better leader, when I became better at just working with others, that when the feedback would come, and I would know their social styles or their work styles were very different. And when the feedback would come back, and it would say things like "He heard me," and I felt like he really helped me figure out and customize a roadmap to help me develop my career. That's when you really know, okay, I I am flexing, and it's really yeah. listening to those messages that you're you are or are not getting from the people that you're working with. Absolutely. And so for you, it's very it was very intuitive and you were using your gut instinct, right? To flex mm-hmm. and manage. And so some people might say, I, I just don't feel it. I don't see it. You know, what what do I do? There's a lot of different frameworks and assessments out there that folks can take like DISC, where you can have a framework to almost, and take the assessment, there's many people out there that can administer it, but that gives you a framework, kind of quote-unquote, to read people. And by having that framework, that can help you start to kind of empathetically or instinctually understand, well, this person acts this way, or, you know, they, they show these sorts of signs, and I, I'm going to flex to them. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you mentioned the disc. And that was, Yeah, that was, that was a tool that I used to use quite a bit when I would have new team members join the team, and we would reconnect to talk about, you know, and disc is just one of those. But what you were saying, what I hear you saying is it's so important to get to know what makes others tick what makes them operate, what makes them flourish, what frustrates them, and then for you as a leader to step up to it and say, okay, I'm going to flex to this. And by doing that, you're also, you're just role modeling everything that, whatever it is that you espouse yourself to be. So, you know, and we're at a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about, let's getting into leaders and coaching and getting into team dynamics. So for everyone out there listening, we'll take a break. And during that time, go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, and we'll see you back here on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. 
Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you where you want to be right now? We live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking the grass is always greener on their side, not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams. It begins with a head start in the right direction, and that head start is with host Carla D. Walker and From the Inside Out. Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And here we are. Welcome back to Transformational Energy Leadership. Today I am joined by Ann Sugar, and we are engaged in a dialogue about transforming into high functioning. And I want to encourage you, if you're listening, you have a question, we welcome those because it's easy to talk about, oh, this is what leadership should be and shouldn't be. But if you've got something on your mind, a scenario, a question, a comment, we welcome those because that makes the dialogue so rich and much more applicable. And so before the break, we were talking about ways to be a high-functioning leader. And and I wanted to take it, dive a little bit deeper. And I'm thinking, because you and I in some ways do similar work when we're coaching with leaders, and I'm so curious to hear from you what areas do you often find yourself coaching leaders the most? Mm, that's a great question. I so let's let's um, let me sit here for a second. I coach a lot of folks on. Okay, I am. Uh, I'm at the manager level. I'm a SVP. How do I move to the C-suite? That's a very that's a subtle nuance there to that. I coach a lot on empathy. Gut instinct. How do I? How do I? How do I feel? Understand what's my gut instinct? I coach a lot on um, communicate. How do I communicate more effectively? Up, down. Um, how do I manage my emotions um, when I get really angry? Somebody's not doing something that they should. Um, I, you know, and what's really interesting too, Matthew is. I, I coach this for every single individual that in a leadership role is how to delegate better. Mm. So those are just some of them. Yeah, and and themes and things we often, we all hear so much about. And that very last one, you talked about delegate. Mm-hmm. And I had a guest on recently, and, you know, that delegation piece, why, why is it so hard? <laughs> I know, you know, 
uh, it, I think there's many root causes, and one I think is just it is very hard to make the leap from an individual contributor to a manager. And there's this one woman that I'm coaching um, who recently said to me, well, you know, I, I like to get my hands into the day-to-day work. It just feels good. I like it. I, I have something accomplished at the end of the day versus you know, she, she needs to manage more horizontally across the organization, not so much vertically. So there's a lot of root causes. Um, I, I think, and those are just a couple. Mm-hmm. Right, that individual contributor thing, and, and moving on up. And you know that book, "What Got You Here Won't Get You There." That just applies, doesn't oh, it? So much. There's... Right. You know that and... is such a great book, and it is such a great title. Right, that "What Got You Here" is not going to get you there. That is just—it's a phenomenal concept. I think that everybody, mm. all leaders, should should think about all should be thinking and you know and it, it also links to carol dweck's work about growth mindset and and that's i think what's what's happening is you get moved into this new space and it's uncomfortable and scary because you are now in a place where you're no longer the best at what it was when you were an individual contributor and it means it requires that you have to get yourself into a vulnerable space and learn new skills learn new ways of simply being and that's not comfortable. It's uncomfortable. So, Matthew, I love that word that you just brought up. And I think people ask me a lot, well, what makes a successful leader? And I think what, the word that you brought up is uncomfortable. And I love that word because some of the most successful people out there learn to be uncomfortable and learn to live with not all of the data and analytics, learn to live that I might fail at this, right? And one way just to almost even practice it, you you look at athletes, they learn to be uncomfortable when they're training because it hurts Mm -hmm. sometimes, right? When you're running that, that, you know, 5K or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I love the word uncomfortable, Mm-hmm. I know in, in sports is always such a nice way to bring bring things back to growth. And I, I, I think it's Carol Dweck who may have said this or I read it in some other periodical that said, when you're uncomfortable, that actually means you're doing your job. <laughs> you're, yes, you're, yes. You're, I think it was Carol Dweck. Says, yes, it is off. That is such a fantastic phrase. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I think about the work that you're doing, you, you're coaching leaders what what's required of the leader to really get the most out of coaching with someone like yourself, for example, who's external to the organization? What 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 do they need to do? So I, so for me, again, I get really back to the simplicity of it all. I look at just two two pillars, and that is: Are you motivated? And are you willing to learn? Because it's interesting, this one um, CTO said to me one time, wow, you hold up a shiny mirror and I get to really look at myself. Mm. And being accepting that I'm going to look at myself and see all the opportunities and areas of development um, and just 
you know, just being content on that piece of it. Mm-hmm. So the motivation piece, absolutely. I also say, too, that when we enter into an engagement like this, that you really have to expose your whole self, your whole being, and that means your emotional side and your logical side, that your whole being must be at the table if you really want to you're invested in your own growth and you want to move the needle forward. And I think that's so important. Yes. And just, yes, and absolutely. And to build on that from the perspective of it's better just to share all your warts, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and that emotional piece of it, because that's, that's how you grow and build and build from there. Absolutely. I want to go back to about empathy. You, when I asked you about what are yeah. some of the areas you coach the most on, you, you said empathy was the first thing. And so let's take that a bit further. Mm-hmm. You think about leaders, they have to balance the business. You brought that up in the beginning in terms of, you know, the quantitative elements of are you really having high quality output, you know, high quality, of, you know, the quantity and the quality is that all there. And then how do you balance that? with all the pressures of that, with demonstrating empathy to the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, a, there, there, it, it, it's such an interesting balance, right? Because you have, to, you have to think about your team and be empathetic, but at the end of the day, you're still managing a business. And so sometimes, unfortunately, you're not, you're not going to be the well-liked leader. It just is going to be that way, unfortunately. And I think empathy is, is so important. And it's interesting. This one um, senior leader said to me one time, well, I don't care. Why should I be empathetic? I, I don't care. I'm not somebody who's empathetic. But then when we got down to it, I said, so tell me about your daughters, right? And mm. that's in just... And that kind of flicked the switch like, ah, uh, that's why empathy is important because there's a humanistic piece to it. <laughs> we are all emotional beings. We are all emotional beings. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, want to, I want to go down this path a little bit as well of some of the things, the, the pitfalls that leaders will fall into. And maybe sure. I call them the, na- the naughty things, you know. I, and it's because I, I, I recently, <laughs> I was reading a, a Forbes article and in there, embedded in there, and these examples they brought up, I went, oh, gosh, I did that. Or I saw someone else do that. One of them was mm-hmm. you get into this elevated role and all of a sudden the concept of power takes over. Whether you want to say it or you admit it or not, but okay, so you, you're anointed with this new role and with it comes some responsibility and it can be a power shift. And I'll see things, I saw things like we would have meetings and the, the new leader of this task that I was on, this project, was over there multitasking and then would just all of a sudden pipe in, interrupt coworkers while they were talking, raise their voice, may even say some insulting things. And so... I don't know if you're thinking, huh, yeah. <laughs> but as you think about some of these bad things, what are some of the common things that you've observed that if new leaders knew to step away from and not find themselves going towards that, what would those things be? Yeah. So, Well, so can I go back to this piece about the technology for a second? Sure. And, mm-hmm. and, and what you were talking about, the leader piping in and looking at his his um, his technology and then piping in, you know, his computer or his phone. I mean, part of that is 
when you're doing that, I it, it's showing I don't care, right? <laughs> I don't care because I'm over here doing my thing. I, I, I don't care what you're saying, and that gets back to the very beginning of our conversation about how do you have a high-functioning team, and that's not building trust. Right. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is this CEO that I was coaching said to me, he, he has a very, he has a new rule within his company. If you're in a meeting, and I've actually heard this multiple times from Matthew, if you're from different companies, if you're in a meeting, you have to turn over your phone, you can't have your laptop. If you look at your phone, you're kicked out of the meeting. Wow. So it's wow. kind of, it's really, it, this is just a real small subset that I've seen, but it's just a, it's, 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 it's interesting, right? That how do you be really present in the room? So, and that gets to listening, asking a good question. So naughty stories. Uh, I think a naughty story really gets to <laughs> not recognizing. I know I laugh because I'm thinking about this story. Uh, our blind spots. So I, I delivered this 360 to a very senior person in a consulting company, and he said, yeah, well, that is me. Drink it in. And I thought, huh, well, how's that working for you right now, right? Because you, <laughs> right. you have all these blind spots. And I think that really, I think, is one of the core naughty stories is not recognizing that we have blind spots. Yes, and, and the that is a- we do need feedback from our trusted advisors or, you know, I do need to listen to the data in my 360. Now, you know, I, I always coach that you don't look at the outliers, the over-positive and the over-negative. What are the consistent trends um, that can help you manage your blind spots? Mm-hmm. And that 360 piece is such a gift. It's such a gift because you think about if you were to ask someone and you have power over someone, they're often, they'll be demure. They won't necessarily speak up and say, yeah, I don't like it when you are typing on your computer and interrupting, you know, during staff meetings. So Right. Right. Not to be sassy about it, for many people, <laughs> they yeah. don't think it's a gift. <laughs> because no, it yeah. feels really uncomfortable. So, but... Uh, it's good learning. It sure is. And you know that point where you were saying about be present. And as much as we think we can sit there and type messages and do anal- analysis and then be in a meeting, our minds just are not wired to be doing two or three things at once and doing them well. And I, I found Absolutely. that, you know. Yeah, you know, even myself, when I finally learned that lesson, turn, you know, put the laptop down, turn over the phone and be present, the meeting was much more efficient. <laughs> I'm like, so yes. there, there you have it. Well, you know, the way the time flies, we're already at a commercial break. So when we come back, we'll talk more about methods and strategies and really working with high performing teams. So for everyone out there, we'll be back here in two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back. Today, my guest is Ann Sugar, and we are talking about transforming into high-functioning And what does that really look like from the leader perspective? That's what we have been focusing on. And Anne, let's let's move over towards the team a bit. And so Anne, when you think about working with the team, what are some methods and strategies to, and here's the key word, motivate team members and the team overall? So, well, getting back to, I think, from the very beginning about flexing and managing to the individual. I think, too, it's really defining what is the quality of the work that I want. And all of this, what what I'm talking about, is about transparency and being very transparent about what I expect from my teams so that there's no wiggle room, right? And I think this comes up a lot, you know, like if we want to go to the naughty stories again, from the perspective of you cannot tolerate, as a leader, you cannot tolerate bad behavior because Mm -hmm. unfortunately bad behavior is like a tick and once it gets in and it burrows, it festers and it, it, it can really create an unmotivated team because people say, well, huh. You're not, you know, you're you're holding this person to a different level. Why why do I have to behave properly? Or 
you know, why does this person get a break and they don't have to turn in the quality work that I do? So it's being very transparent about your expectations of the team. It's almost having your own leadership mission and what those values that you expect of your team. Mm, I could not agree more. Expectations, put them out there, make them crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And you used the phrase earlier, right. gut. You used the word gut. And I, I want to go with that too and say, follow your gut. And I, I say this because as a leader, my gut sometimes is saying, huh, Anne, I'm, I'm observing these things that Anne's doing, not so much that they're right or wrong, but my gut says, I better address it. And I mean, I've learned that now, but I remember earlier in my career, I didn't necessarily do that because I didn't want to rock the boat. But boy, mm-hmm. I learned quickly, you follow your gut. And I know for you, gut is really important. It is. And, it's, you know, people say to me, oh, I don't know how to use my gut. And it, it, it really just gets down to practice. But I love this really simple story a chairman of a company told me about how he uses his gut. And the simple story is I look at everybody from a positive intent perspective that they all want to do the right thing for the company. Mm -hmm. Then I gather my data about how this person is doing, what they're doing, and then I use that data to help inform my gut and my instinct about what I'm going to do. And I thought, oh, that's just a really interesting practice to do. Yeah. And when you go in with your gut. Yes. And I, I, I like that. And to always start from the place of this person, they're here for the right reasons. Now let's, let's figure out what's going on and what's happening, what's not happening. And that makes perfect sense the way that you just described all of that. You know, I'm thinking about also we talk about we're working with high functioning. As a leader, you've, you're being transparent with your expectations. You're flexing your style. And let's say that team that was high functioning is going into a coasting stage or they're experiencing some difficulties where they're not high performing. What are some things that the leader should be saying, thinking, or doing in those moments when the team's not necessarily performing at their best? Well, first, I think one thing that we all have to remember is that you cannot have perfection mm-hmm. and that there are going to be mistakes. And, um, you know, that, that that's just going to happen. I think, too, it's getting to what you and I do from a coaching perspective and coaching specific individuals, um, you know, and having taking that extra time to to coach and to listen and to to help guide people, you know, that's part of it. And it doesn't. And I think it's something that you have to do one on one, right? When mm-hmm. I and it even kind of gets to how we parent. So my father, um, you know, we. He, when, when you got in trouble with him, he'd have a Phil fireside chat. My, my father's name is Phil. And, you know, you'd have to go off and have a fireside chat if you were going to be in trouble. <laughs> so, you know, it's just even those kind of simple things. Right, right. And, and, and I think also when you said a, you're not always going to have perfection, there will be mistakes, there's a way in which leaders, it's how a leader responds to that that speaks volumes. Oh, yes. 
right? Yeah, and it's how you act and respond to those things, especially when, when we've talked about values, for example. We've talked about this. If you were to say in your expectations and in your values, I really encourage you to take, take some risks, really push the envelope. We want to expand and figure out, is this the best deliverable, the best solution for the client or the customer? And they make a mistake, and then if they're chastised or held back in promotion mm-hmm. or what kind of mixed message does that send, you know? So, so I, I, I think that's brilliant. That gets to consistent leadership and building and going back to your other guests, the consistent culture that say, and, and what happens is that you're, you're, you as a leader are hurting the trust factor. You're saying one thing, you're saying, I want you to take good calculated risks, but then on the other hand, you're punishing people for those mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I, it really is about consistency. It really is. I, I can't tell you how many conversations, I, I, likely you have too, you're facilitating a leadership workshop, for example, and you're working with a group of leaders from one company, and they all will say, yes, risk-taking, it's really, really important. But then when it comes down to actually making that happen, they'll argue, they'll say, Matt, I can't, I can't do that because this is a client and okay, so how do we balance this? It's, it's, it's a difficult mm-hmm. thing for, for many leaders to say and embrace, yes, and, and to act right. in a way. Yeah. You, know, you know, it is too bad, right? Because part of the risk-taking piece, the underlying piece to that is creativity. And not taking risks, well, you know, that, that hurts from a creativity perspective. But I'm just wondering out loud here for a second, Matthew, are there times in companies when we should just say we're not going to take risks, even, you know, and just be really honest about it from a culture perspective Mm, and realize that, you know, maybe in this juncture, we just aren't. And, you know, these other times we are. Now, I'm not advocating at all that people should, that companies should not take risks, right? Because I think what's the stat that, you know, in, um, in the depression, in recessions, that's when companies grow, some companies grow the most exponentially, I think, mm-hmm. when they're taking those risks. I'm not advocating that you don't, but I just wonder, hmm, sometimes you it's- just have to be honest about it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, that's a great question. And I, I, I don't know, maybe listeners out there, do you have a, do you have a response, <laughs> an answer to that? <laughs> but I get what you're saying. There's some points where, okay, let's just be honest. Let's hunker down. Let's get through this. And, we're, and for this phase, yeah. we don't focus on risk taking. We need to get the deliverable out the door. But I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's a conundrum. And at the end, of, at the, here's the phrase, at the end of the day, we really do need okay. to take risks to continue to develop and re-engineer and reinvent who we are and what we're doing so that we're constantly offering something new so that's out there you know before we go to our next break which is already here in about two minutes can you believe that let's um you and i are kindred spirits and that we both graduated from the same coaching program that's ipec and embedded in all of that is really the energy that we express and that we demonstrate and that 
it, it affects how we show up. We've got that combination of really positive growth energy within us, that anabolic that feels good and things are optimistic and growing. And then there's the catabolic, which is, you know, it can be destructive, but it's also an energy that is often termed negative, but in some ways it protects us. So there's that, that combination, yeah. that recipe that we all have. So for mm-hmm. you, my big question, from your perspective, what are your thoughts about a leader's energy and working with teams? Well, you know, I think it gets back to, oh, this is a, such an interesting balance. I was just talking to somebody that I, I, I work with, um, and another, another um, client, in that, hmm, there are times when, here's a phrase, you, you don't need to, the, the team doesn't need to know how the sausage is made, right, in the executive, in the, you know, senior leadership meeting. Are there times when you have to manage your energy and you don't share everything mm-hmm. with your teams and that you might be having a really bad day and you, you have to, you again are the role model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are the role model. And I think it's okay at times as a leader to say, to be transparent and say, I, you know, today's not a good day for us to meet, as one example, but to put things out there. You know, yeah. I've, I've got a lot right now, and I want to be sure that I'm respectful and caring and want to give you the time that you deserve. And to, to just say that instead of ignoring or, you know, the, this bad things that we <laughs> will right. find ourselves doing. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and I think that to get to that point, another point and add to that, you know, some leaders, they're, they're having a bad day and they shut their door and they don't talk to anybody all day, right? Or they're dealing with a big issue and they're very stressed out and they just shut the door. Mm-hmm. That's when fear starts to happen. And we're all really creative and we build these stories in our heads of, oh, so what's, you know, what's happening? And it's important to be transparent and say, you know what, today I'm actually having a really stressful day and I need to think through this big problem. I got to go sit in my office with the door closed for, you know, a couple hours, not just go in there and slam the door and not talk to everybody, anybody all day. Mm-hmm. You raise a really great point. We build stories. We look at this and we start to connect dots and causation. And before we know it, we're creating and I'm interpreting something that you may be doing as my leader, which is clearly not at all what's going on. And that comes back to that core competency of communication that you addressed early on. How do I communicate up, down, around, and uh, in every which direction? Okay, here we are. And it is. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, well, I was going to say we're we're no, getting towards ahead. the yeah yeah. But, so we're we're already getting towards the end. I'm going to go ahead and skip break because we're having a great conversation, and I want to, as you think about everything we've talked about from the very beginning when our discussion happened or kicked off, and we were talking about, you know, what does it mean to be a high functioning leader and having a high functioning team, and you brought out that being a role model is absolutely key, and. We talked about so many other elements. As we reflect on what we've talked about here, and for all the people that are listening, because we want them to be able to leave the show today and start putting things to mm-hmm. action, put implement things, immediate, midterm, yeah. short, long-term. What would you say, if you boiled it down, three, four key headlines from our conversation that you would hope the 
listening audience would take away from this? So I think first and foremost, what does being a good role model look like for your team? I think number two, with a high-functioning team, we talked a lot about transparency, recognition, people being heard. I love tactics and practicality. And part of that is just asking the good question of, so what do you think in a meeting? Mm -hmm. And that gets to the coaching piece of it. I think, too, I love just the effective story that I told about about instinct. Begin every conversation from positive intent, gather data, use your... um, Use your instinct from that perspective. And then I think, too, the last thing I would say is learn to flex to motivate each one of your teams. And there's just so much rich reading out there, um, taking the disc assessment. So those are some of the core things I would say. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about what what does being a good role model mean for you, what are some tactics or things that you have, exercises perhaps, that you might work with a client to say, let's get to that piece? Well, I think what it what it really boils down to is how do you want to define yourself? How do you want to define who you are as a leader? Mm-hmm. And it might be a good role model is that I am going to push the risks. I am going to expect creativity from people. I am going to expect that everybody shows up and has some, has high-quality work. So that means I have to have high-quality work. I think being a good role model is somebody that people want to follow, just simply. And that gets to, do I have a good direction and a strategic vision that people want to follow? And Am I being a good motivating leader? Well, however you define good, right? Mm-hmm. Good, great, right. however that is. Right. You know, I'm thinking of the phrase, I believe it was Jeff Bezos who said, when you leave the room, how do you want people to talk about you? Yeah. I, I believe it was him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it says a lot, you know, when you, if you say that you're espousing to all these things, that this is what your vision is, your strategy and so forth, and you leave the room, what do you hope they're saying about you? What do you want them to be saying about you? It's a big question to, yes. yeah, to be thinking yeah. about. Or you could even take it to the next level and say, how do I want to define my legacy? When I, if I leave the company, is my group still, or my company or my department Are they still, do they know the values that they have to work towards? Values meaning, you know, it could be high intellectual, um, you know, quality work, whatever that is. If I left, would the team still be high functioning, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to think about, well, what would people say about me when they leave the room? But what if I really left? Will people know how to lead and know what I wanted them to do? Yes. Will they be high functioning? And right. And if they're not, and that's having an honest conversation with yourself, figuring out what's going on, looking at the the strengths, constantly doing the, where are we going? What are the uh, the strengths that we have? What are our opportunity areas and such? It's so important. And I really like that question about, am I leading from a place or thinking from or doing so from a place of positivity 
what is my true motivator here? Where am I coming from? And I think that's 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 abundant and speaks volumes about leadership. You know, and I can't thank you enough for braving the snowstorm you're under right now. you. <laughs> <laughs> to spend your time with us today and talk about all these wonderful things about what does it mean to be high functioning, both for a leader and for a team. And for everyone who's out there listening, what would be the best way if they want to continue dialogue or get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. So there's two um, two ways to get in touch with me. First is on my website, which is annsugar.com, which is spelled A-N-N-E-S-U-G-A-R, just like sugar. And another way is on my LinkedIn. Um, you can follow. You can send me an email. Uh, you can send me um, a message there. I also send out lots of um, great articles and information every day to help people learn. So those are two methods to get in touch with me. Excellent. Thanks so much. Okay, and I can't let you go with asking you because we're all in this journey together, this this world of leadership and coaching. What is it that you're doing now to continue to develop yourself? Maybe something you're reading, something you're doing. I'm just curious. Um, I think, honestly, the one of the most important things, and I think it's for every leader out there, not just myself, is reading. And, yes. and reading to getting to the learning piece of it. How can I always be learning? I think one last thing I would say is how can you push on your passions as well? So, for example, I've started to, I used to write poetry a lot when I was a kid. Now I've started to take classes again and writing poetry. So it's just doing something different as, as well. I love it. I've started on this journey of doing mindfulness journey or journaling and yes Ah, it's great take that time take that moment i think they say you know 15 if you take 15 minutes each day just you know whatever it is meditation or if it's yoga whatever they to get you to a place where you Mm -hmm. disconnect for a moment it's so powerful well and thank you again thank you very much happy thanksgiving to you and all my american listeners out there us (laughs) yes have a great thanksgiving and for everyone out there listening if you have a topic or a guest that you would like to have on the show please contact me that's m wolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com would love to hear your input and for everyone out there of course you can go to my website that's transformationalenergyleadership.com and between now and the next time we connect Harness that positive energy and lead that transformation. And we'll talk with you again next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. 